This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Good morning, everybody. Steve Splonskowski here along with Brandon Clark. We're coming to you live from Sturgis, South Dakota. And we'd like to thank Western Applicating Services for uh, underwriting, in part, this live broadcast. Uh, Western Applicating Services sells Kaput products for Prairie Dog and Gopher Control. They can be contacted at 605-390-3200 or online at westernapplicating.com. And uh, so we thank them for underwriting, in part, this broadcast, live broadcast, from Sturgis, South Dakota, Hotel Sturgis. Now we're going to turn to a conversation with Bishop John Quinn from the Winona Di- uh, the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. Good morning, Bishop. Good morning. Uh, thanks again for, <clears throat> excuse me, thank you for inviting me on your show. I always enjoyed this time together. It's uh, awesome to talk with you, Bishop, again. Brandon and I were just in Rochester um, and had the opportunity to attend Mass with you for all of the deceased priests and deacons of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. And what a beautiful opportunity. Thank you uh, for, for doing that um, and for your wonderful full homily. It was, it was great to be with you there. Oh, you're very welcome. And you know you're welcome anytime, uh, <laughs> especially at our co-cathedral uh, in because we have a school there, and you saw our middle school students. You see how they're being formed in the faith and how the faith is being handed on. But it's also right in the downtown. We're just a block away from Mayo, great place of healing and health care. And we're right in the middle of all of that ministry and also uh, much care being given to the homeless and to the needy in the community. So, no, you're always welcome. We love having... People come and join us, especially the high point of every day, the Eucharist. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen to that. Thank you, Bishop. And, and you know, the topic of this morning is very, very relevant uh, after recently celebrating uh, the Mass for Deceased Clergy in the Diocese. And, and what we do every month, we, we have you on monthly and we reach out to you and we, we like to see what you would like to talk about. And the one thing that you really wanted to talk about was uh, the month of November being being dedicated to the poor souls in purgatory. Why this topic, Bishop? Well, the reason why is I really believe that our culture not only uh, has lost its uh, sense of what the meaning of death is and the fact that it is part of life, and for those of us who are faith-filled, the meaning of death gives way to the bright promise of immortality, to the resurrection, for those who believe in Christ. So it's an opportunity to kind of renew our belief in eternal life. But also, during the month of November, we pray especially for our beloved dead. That, uh, as we know, we hold very sacred that teaching of purgatory, that at the end of our lives we may still need another purification. And so after death, if I'm not prepared and not ready to be in the presence, face-to-face of the triune God, that I have another opportunity, God's mercy, which is the great mystery of purification or purgatory. So it's a time to encourage us all to pray for our loved ones, to pray for those who have died before us, but to reaffirm our home is with the Lord and to reaffirm the fact that we're on a journey 
to that place. But even after death, our relationships don't end. Yeah, and, and, you know, talking about purgatory, it's something that uh, maybe even some Catholics uh, don't understand. Um, and I know it's, a, it's an interesting conversation sometimes with our Protestant brothers and sisters, but maybe we should talk just a little bit about what it is, why we believe it as Catholics, because um, although we have the hope of going to heaven, we may not necessarily get there right away. We might have to spend time in this place called purgatory. Well, that's it. The, the uh, Catholic Catechism and based the St. John Paul II really refers to purgatory as that state. You know, it's a place, but it's really a state, a state of being of the, of the soul, um, and that soul still needs to have uh, reconciliation, and some of the sins that have wounded that soul need purification. And so those who are in, in that state of purgatory are going to see God. It's not like we're not sure about their faith, but that they may not be ready to receive the beatific vision, to receive all that God wants to offer us as we behold Him face to face. So I always see it in a very hopeful way, that even after death, uh, the Lord is there with His mercy and will help purify me of not only my sins, but the effects of my sins, and help me to live and love so that I can receive for all eternity the mystery of the triune God. I know many people don't believe that because they think of it as, you know, gas jets and fire and all that. That's, that's imagery, and that can help us and bring seriousness to it, but it is a state where the soul is being purified. Uh, Bishop, uh, we were visiting with Bishop John Quinn of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, talking about the, the reality of purgatory. Uh, Bishop, speak, if you would, a little bit to uh, the idea of, of how purgatory is chosen. I know sometimes we have the sense, we, we use the phrase, you know, the Lord sends us to purgatory. He sends us, uh, sends us to hell. But one thing I've found hopeful is, is the explanation, and, and I'd like your opinion on this, uh, that we actually choose purgatory we choose hell because we know that we're not ready to see god face to face and our souls um can't, could not stand the beatific vision until we are perfected and so uh we choose purgatory because of our of our love for the lord uh, what do you think of that explanation of of that process well i think that it's a very helpful uh, you know uh, aspect of it that uh you know the lord uh, doesn't just, uh, it's not like Judge Judy, you know, on TV, <laughs> where uh, she kind of doesn't put up with any nonsense and yells at people. Uh, the, remember, when we encounter the Lord after death, it's a purification moment, but it's done in love, but in truth. You know, the truthfulness of our lives is manifest. The sins that I have committed become manifest the consequences of those sins. I can't hide from the Lord. So really, uh, knowing our humanness and the fact that I may may not be ready, what you've said is a wonderful way of expressing it, that I may not be, not only uh, not be ready, but to be grateful there's this purification that the Lord offers me. And knowing that if I did try and go before the triune God, face to face, I might be obliterated that 
with my sins. I need purification before I'm worthy. And so I say to the Lord, Lord, I need, I need more of your grace to be ready for that stage. But it's a mystery, and, you know, we won't know until that time when we come before it. But I'll tell you, I'm a candidate for uh, purification and for, <laughs> for purgatory. And I would have really, uh, if the Lord allows me that purification, my heart will be filled with gratitude. Amen. Uh, Bishop, uh, kind of a f- I think as we have this conversation and, and purgatory, it gives us, I think as Catholics, one of the, the beautiful understandings, a, a true understanding of the value of suffering, right? In the light of, of purgatory, our own time in purgatory, but also other people's time in purgatory. Oftentimes, I think in the world, we're so afraid of suffering and people say, what is the value of suffering anyway? Let's just end our lives when we're suffering because there's no value there. But in light of the, the reality of purgatory, Suffering takes a whole different dimension. Is that? Would you agree? Oh, I think so. You know, the when we look at uh, some of the scripture, you know, the Old Testament, how you know gold is tested in fire. You know that the pure the in, uh, impurities get burned out uh, in order for the true beauty and preciousness of gold as a metal to stand out. I think that's what we're saying. There, there's a value to that suffering not only in our lives, if any of us have been through any suffering because of, uh, you know, either physical pain or emotional pain or just, uh, you know, discipleship of conversion to the Lord, uh, all of that, you realize how it changed us and brought about a a deeper way of loving, a deeper way of caring and compassion. So suffering... Uh, we none of us really seek it, but it has a transformative, and it has a beauty to it. You look at any of the saints, and their suffering brought about the truth of who they are as loving disciples of Jesus. There's a lot of dross in my life. There's a lot of impurities that need to be burned out, and suffering helps me on that path. Bishop, I I recently read a book um, on purgatory, and one of the things that I was really just awestruck by were these saints. And I recognize this is all private revelation, so you don't have to believe it if you don't want to. But there's these saints, like St. Catherine of Genoa, who receive visits from souls in purgatory who are specifically asking for prayers so that their their suffering can be relieved and so that they can experience the beatific vision. Um, and, and in one particular story that, that really struck me was that um, there was this novice nun in a convent and her father had died and, and appeared to her and said, you know, I, I'm, I'm coming to you because your other siblings, they already think I'm in heaven and they're not praying for me anymore. And I, I need you to offer prayer, offer supplication. So I, I say that to say, can you talk about the great need to pray for our beloved dead, um, e- even after they're gone, even if they lived a holy life? We just don't know, right? We don't. And, and remember, God doesn't live in time. God lives in eternity. And so uh, for us, we continue to pray for our beloved dead, whether it's been a year or a uh, hundred years or more. We our prayers assist them, and we don't we don't know how long that purification lasts because we again are 
We're thinking in terms of time. And uh, it's important that we keep praying for them. Something that uh, I remember, and I still continue the custom, at the end of uh, every meal, we have prayer, uh, a very short prayer after meals. And it always ends, may the souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. After you've given thanks for the food. Yeah. And uh, prayer for the, uh, the blessed soul is not just for November. That's the kind of, we hold them out specially before us. But every day, uh, every Mass, there's in the Eucharistic prayer, the remembrance of those who have died and have gone before us. In the prayers of the, the uh, faithful that precede the Eucharistic prayer, there's the uh, opportunity to pray for the deceased. So it should be continuous in our life. Uh, and always remember them, whether it's, again, two days, one day since they've passed, to 200 years. Our prayers are never lost. Right. Yeah, and and I also, when I pass a cemetery, I like to say a, a prayer for the souls in purgatory, or, or for the souls in the in the cemetery as well. Uh, so let, let's talk a little bit uh, about practically praying. Um, so is the eternal rest prayer is is that the best one to to pray, or or how can we as the uh, the lay faithful go about praying for for these souls? Well, there's two things I would recommend just from my own life. One is, uh, of course, as a uh, bishop and, and in the Church, you know, I celebrate the Eucharist every day, even if I'm not in a parish or celebrating a diocesan uh, liturgy for confirmation. or something. Uh, I celebrate Mass every day. So every day there is the uh, uh, opportunity for me at the Eucharist to pray for the deceased. People go to Mass every day, and there's many Catholics who, who do, and many more who wish they could, but their schedule prevents them. But there's, a, there's the high point of our prayer, the Eucharist, that unites us to the suffering and death uh, and, and resurrection of the Lord. There's also the Liturgy of the Hours, and many people pray those. There's the bidding prayers, the petitionary prayers. On one that I think uh, every day I offer at least uh, an intention as in, in when I begin the, the prayer is the rosary. Uh, the rosary is a powerful prayer. And I think most uh, Catholics try and uh, pray uh, a rosary every day or at least a decade. Some will have it even on their steering wheel where they can uh, remember to pray a decade of the rosary as they drive. I think those are, to me, the, the very powerful ways in which we assist uh, our beloved dead who have gone before us. I know, uh, Bishop Quinn, that you are a teacher, and so I'm going to uh, ask a, maybe a quick uh, explanation from you of of something that really directly relates to this, our, our belief in the communion of saints, that we, in heaven we've got the church triumphant, and in, in uh, purgatory of the church suffering, and on earth the church militant. And, and we're talking about how the church militant, those on us on earth, can pray for the souls in purgatory. But I believe uh, the souls in purgatory can also pray for us who are the church militant. Is, it, is that uh, our understanding of the communion of saints? Sure. You know, you have to think of the communion of saints 
as the family that the Trinity has brought about. We're all relatives because we're in the body of Christ and that we belong to each other. And so whether we're here on earth and we're still on the journey to heaven, those who have died and are now being purified, they still remain in that family, the church militant, those who are the blessed in heaven. But it's like you never stop helping your family. Uh, and our prayers are how we help each other. So those in heaven are praying for us. We on earth are praying for those in purgatory. Those in purgatory are praying for us. It's the way family, uh, the communion of saints, way in which we stay united. And one day we're all going to be together in the kingdom of God. And we will have seen God's work and God's mystery of his mercy in each of us and how each of us helped each other along the way to salvation. Bishops, thanks so much for being on the air with us, especially to talk about uh, this month of November and praying for the poor souls in purgatory. I look at it this way, too. I believe uh, this weekend is the Feast of Christ the King, uh, which is coming up on the end of the liturgical year. So maybe if we haven't been praying for the souls in purgatory, it's something that we can look forward to in the new church year, uh, and especially as we uh, enter Advent and preparing for, for Christ's birth. So thanks so much, Bishop, for, for being on the air with us this morning. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for giving me the, the time and to be with all of you and to share in the blessed work you're doing. And I pray also the Lord keeps uh, blessing you to be his evangelist on the airwaves. You're doing great work, and you know you have not only my support, you've got my heart. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you. Yeah, and, and I believe we'll see you in a couple of weeks at the uh, Rochester Banquet as well. Yep. We'll see you then. We're looking forward to welcoming you to be the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and we are going to celebrate. Awesome. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Again, we'd like to thank the Hotel Sturgis for letting us broadcast here this morning and for being one of our sponsors of Real Presence Live on the Road. Another uh, couple sponsors we'd like to thank one more time. Top Bar Contracting, serving all of Western North Dakota, and Western Applicating Services. Really, we, we couldn't do these things with, without your support. Absolutely. So we thank you for the opportunity to be here with you. We thank Karen Gibis, who, uh, who lives in this area and uh, really helps build those relationships. So Karen, Thank you for all your work, um, and thank you for all, again, all those of you who joined us in our banquets in Bismarck and in Rapid City. What a wonderful gathering, and we look forward to seeing our brothers and sisters in a couple weeks in Aberdeen, Sioux Falls, and Rochester. So uh, thank you for being a part of this family, and thank you for allowing us to to know you and, and to, to serve you. Yeah, so stay with us. Coming up next on Real Presence Radio, you'll hear Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. And we'll be back with you again tomorrow morning for Real Presence Live from 9 to 11 Central. See you then. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live.